Hello and welcome to episode 52 of the Metal Chat Podcast. My name is Melissa and I am coming to you from Boston, Massachusetts. I know it has been a minute since you've heard from me here anyway. I've been on some other shows of late. I have one coming up on Friday with the guys from Judas Priestcast, so be on the lookout for that. Holidays are very busy for me at work, and then I got sick and lost my voice, and then I had a cough, and then my guest that I have today, and I had gone back and forth for about two months to try to get this episode underway, but it finally happened. And then I am woefully underqualified to have a podcast. I don't know anything about editing, and I'm computer illiterate. So I owe a great thank you to Fergal from Feckin' Metal and Jonathan from Maiden A to Z, who helped me out with my editing woes. This episode is a chat that I had with Greg DePasquale, who you probably are familiar with. He is on the podcast So Far, So Pod, So What? with Jonathan from Maiden A to Z. It is a Megadeth-centric podcast where they talk about extreme metal and the heavier side of metal, which is what this subject matter is about today. I know that a lot of you are not fans of extreme metal, but I hope that you will listen and enjoy this episode nonetheless. Yes, there are clips. They're small. You'll be all right. And maybe the takeaway is that you can find something in that subgenre that you can enjoy. But first, as always, I thank you for your continued support. It is much appreciated. And with that, we are on to episode 52, Extreme Metal, with Greg DePasquale. Oh, 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 My guest today is none other than the one and the only Greg DePasquale. You might know him from So Far, So Pod, So What? He's here to talk extreme metal. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. Much appreciated. Yeah, this has been a long time coming. We've been going back and forth for, I don't even know, like two months. Yeah, about <laughs> two get months. This done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Trying to get this done, but your life just keeps getting in the way. Yeah. Anyway, I'm glad that you're here. So I have enlisted Greg because I wanted to do a show that talked a little bit about extreme metal and sort of maybe a little bit of a primer, a little bit of if you're thinking about dipping your toe in, where would be good places for you to start? So before we do that, tell us how you got into extreme metal. Um, Well, I would presume it was fairly the same as most people do. It's, I, I don't really know many people. I'm sure it's it's plausible or possible. I don't know many people that just started at extreme music or extreme metal. It was an evolution. It started with hard rock and then it got into heavy metal. And then once you, you get to, I think, just, I don't want to say generic, but orthodox heavy metal. I think at that point, there's almost kind of like a, a line to cross or not to cross. You know, you hear these bands and you either think to yourself, Oh, this is really, really cool. This is really heavy. I think this is about as heavy as, as music could possibly be for me and, and still enjoy it. And the other and the other side of that coin is like, oh, I want more. I want I want heavier. I want faster. I want what else is out there, you know? So I think that's really where it, it was for me. Once I got to that line where I first started hearing metal, like heavy metal, it was like, well, what else? What's the next step? And then it, as you know as anyone listening knows who is a fan of extreme music or extreme metal the the gateway to the underground is 
is is vast and adventurous. So definitely. Would you say that the first extreme metal band you heard was Cannibal Corpse or you know, a lot of people or? a lot of people would think that, you know, but not really. Um Cannibal Corpse, I knew they were from here because obviously I saw Ace Ventura when that came out. I didn't really get into them until uh probably didn't get into them until I was maybe twenty or twenty one years old actually. I actually I would the first extreme band that I probably liked would probably be Slayer, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then and, and I would say even maybe kind of off of that at that point, like when I first heard Slayer was like the mid nineties. And at that point, Testament was kind of getting heavier as well too. That was when Chuck Billy started doing like heavier death metal style vocals. And Slayer was probably the, the gateway band for extreme or heavy, but I think like Maybe that was just for like, because I was already listening to Thrash before I heard Slayer. Like I was already listening to Anthrax and Megadeth and, and Metallica. So, but Slayer was definitely the most intense thing I heard. But I, I feel like even at that point, you know, as far as being heavy, as far as the next step, Testament would have been probably the first extreme band, just based on the, you know, the, the strength of Chuck Billy's vocals at the time. Which, like I said, he was experimenting with death metal style vocals. But also, Testament was important because. They made death metal vocals palatable for me, you know. Sometimes, yes, vocals like that, it's they're not exactly slam dunks right off the bat, especially if you've never heard it before. It's almost like, wow, what the fuck is this, you know, or something like that. It takes time for it to become familiar and less jarring, I guess. And and Testament kind of helped smooth that over, And, and also because of that, you know, and Eric Peterson had his Dragon Lord band and that kind of got me to to black metal so testament was kind of like a a big band which is weird i'd say that to people and they think it it sounds weird even when i say it it sounds weird because you wouldn't think of them as being the band but they were kind of like the big big band for me that made some extreme styles a little more palatable and understanding to me at least in the uh the early the early days yeah, I mean, I'm um I'm older than you, so I actually I remember Cannibal Corpse being in Florida, uh, recording their um first album. You know, I go back to Death, um, who are also from Florida. I was living in Florida in the '80s, so and I remember I remember when that that Bathory album dropped in '84. I was at a party and somebody had the cassette, and we were all like, "What the fuck is this?" It was like, <laughs> it was imagine. like um sort of had. I mean, it had. You could tell that these guys liked Black Sabbath, but they weren't <laughs> right. No, but yeah, they were sort of not. like, you know what I mean? Because that where that album opens, it's sort of doomy, and it yes. sort of has that whole um sort of scary vibe. Yeah, you're just like we didn't know if it was like maybe a um like a Halloween album, like not the band Halloween, like an actual right. like just like a like a a holiday album, so to speak. Right. You know what I mean? Like, what is this? It's right. so strange. And it was, mm-hmm. you know, stranger than 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 even like, you know, like Merciful Fate and stuff like that, because mm-hmm. it, Merciful Fate isn't really that heavy, really. I mean, they're well, not it, extreme. It, I mean, they are, but they're not. Co- compared to the next step and compared to certainly compared to bands like Bathory, it's different kind of heavy. I mean, Bathory yeah. is definitely more extreme. Well, you know, yeah. I mean, when Venom came on the scene, right, they were the heaviest, heaviest guys in town. <laughs> well actually you know yeah you know I, I forgot venom venom was kind of i got into them early on too so actually yeah i forgot i i heard songs like witching hour and warhead 
right probably right around probably right after i first heard slayer too so yeah venom was was ground floor for me as well too and that's to me that stuff is still super heavy just because of how you know how noisy it was i mean oh yeah were, the production you know, was I all mean, it was, you know it was yeah it was very 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 weird to wrap my head i mean you're not really used to hearing music recorded that roughly you know you're used to hearing good, good productions at you know at that age because that's really all you've been exposed to so to hear music that grimy and that tough and heavy you really yeah yeah, yeah i think yeah. that that's what that's that's why it's timeless because it it if it hits as hard as it did in 1996 as it did whenever you heard it you know yeah 80, 81 10, 10 yeah but, but, but that, it was yeah. weird because it was like we heard, we heard venom and we thought venom was the heaviest thing out there and, and then we heard bathory and we were like holy mm-hmm. shit right what is going on with these people? And the thing about yeah. Bathory is you couldn't really understand the vocals. Like you can still understand. Chronos, under- yeah. You know what I mean? You can you understand can, Chronos. Yeah. You can understand the vocals. So this yeah. is like the first time where it's like, I don't even know what this person's singing about. Right, yeah. The, I don't the even know what they're are, saying. Yeah, the, the vocals are definitely less uh, intelligible than Venom just because they are more extreme. They're harsher. They're much more like. Yeah. You know, it's, Kronos, I mean, he's just kind of doing like a really like a just a, a gruff, gruff kind of bark, you know? Yeah, I mean, he's just kind of like a next level Lemmy kind of oh, yeah. <laughs> the harsher yeah. Lemmy, basically. Absolutely. But yeah, you could definitely understand, you know, you could understand him. And mm-hmm. that kind of like kind of turned me off like to Bathory was I didn't really know what was going on. Like we get the magazines and you'd read about them, you know, they're all they're satanic and they're, you know, devil worshippers mm-hmm. and they're singing about the devil and they're singing. But you didn't sort of know and you kind of like i kind of wanted to know what they were singing about you know right it was kind well, of weird the, yeah it was a mysterious it was a more it was a more mystique i don't know yeah. if you can have just be well technology being what it is it's tougher to have that kind of mystique nowadays mm-hmm. so so i think there is something there's there's power in mystery and there's power in the there's power definitely. in the question question mark you know definitely and there was definitely that with bathory you know and then then you get to the th- to thrash, which you know for a lot of the people that were listening to either the new wave of British heavy metal or moving into sort of the glam rock scene, thrash was heavy. I mean, early Metallica was considered really heavy, you know, and and of course Megadeth and Slayer, and yeah. you, you know that all that kind of stuff. And it's funny how now that's kind of not really considered extreme metal anymore. I don't, there's not a lot of people that are going Slayer. Yeah, they're they're extreme. They just kind of consider them more like a death metal, thrash metal, but it's not really like extreme metal. Like everything has gotten so. Well, that's because, yeah, it's gone so, so far from that initial template. I mean, it'll always be extreme to me because that's just what extreme was when Mm -hmm. I got into it. Me too. Like if a kid today hears, I don't know, I guess we'll say Demi Borger or something like that. And they hear that. I, you know, I'm, I'm sure they're going to hear that and then compare that to Slayer and be like, well, yeah, Slayer is heavy. But I mean, like, it's definitely not as the, the vocals aren't as extreme, you know, and it, it just it just it's a, it's a whole different thing. I mean, I mean, yeah, you couldn't have gotten to that next level. You couldn't have gotten to bands like Demi Borger without bands like Me- without bands like Slayer. Or, oh, absolutely. Or, for sure. I, there like, was there's absolutely a progression. Yeah, totally. But like, it's it's totally. I mean, I can I can never look at it from from the eyes of someone who doesn't know because I know. But like, I yeah, just you I never not know. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Once you know, you yeah. you never you can never Once go you know, back you know. to not knowing. Yeah, so I can't imagine what it must be like for a kid to hear 
I don't know, I guess even like a death metal band and then and then hear Slayer after that. You know, I, it, must, it must feel like I'm not saying a step back in quality. Yeah, but I know what, quality, I, what but, uh, you mean. Yeah, absolutely. A step back in, it's weird to think of Slayer being a step back in extremity, but to a kid that hears death metal first, it probably has to be. Absolutely. I would yeah. I would agree with that, I think, definitely. And so for me, when I got into extreme metal, I got into death, possessed. You know, you're, the, the stuff that's coming out sort of in the late, in the late 80s. My problem with extreme music is I have, I do struggle sometimes with the vocals. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's just, it grates on me after a while. Mm-hmm. And my other problem is I don't like the typewriter drumming. That drives me nuts. Yeah, I've, I've that's, I think that's something a lot of people, yeah. they're either, they're either kind of, you know, ambivalent to, or they just really, really don't like it. But you, you, know? you know what's, you know what's weird is like, but it doesn't bother me live. Like I love to see mm-hmm. extreme battle live. Like the mm-hmm. vocals don't bother me. The the blast beats don't bother me. Like, I don't know. It, it works for me live. Like I don't necessarily sit around my house listening to it. It it doesn't really, I mean, I own a lot of stuff, but I don't necessarily listen to a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. but like to go see, to go see a show. I absolutely love it. I absolutely I think love the, it. There's more, there's more atmosphere in a live show. Whereas, you know, the, you, there's, broader acoustics and it's a whole lot of other external factors involved i think in taking that music in life whereas when you're listening to it on record you know if you have it on headphones or i mean it's all really kind of compressed and packaged right in your face and i think that you know a certain production can either you know behoove or or deter you know a positive listening experience so yeah i i I could definitely see that and i and i love that kind of music and i as someone who does listen to that kind of music you know a lot I could definitely see how 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 that plays a part for sure. Production is huge. Production is like kind of like no matter what kind of music, it's important for all of it, you know. And you really kind of have to capture it the right way. I mean, but like I mean, but like you said, I mean, I like I like the production on on the early Venom. I I think it works works for well, them. I, yeah, I would say it works for them. But I would say because you had mentioned them as well too. While I was kind of cutting my teeth as far as gateway bands getting in heavier music with bands like Testament and Slayer. It was really a band like Death that purely kind of crystallized, you know, what death metal was in the early days for me, as far as getting into that kind of music. Death metal was definitely the first, Death was the first death metal band, you know, that, that mm-hmm. I listened to. You know, I certainly wouldn't consider Slayer death metal, even though no. they toyed with it. I wouldn't consider Testament death metal either. But like once I had accepted and gotten acclimated to those style of vocals, I, I've always kind of been anthro- anthropological, anthropological logical i guess if i'm trying to tackle the right word but um as far as like my musical interests like once i get into like a new genre i'm kind of interested what it was where where it was at the ground floor and mm-hmm. kind of who built it up from from the bottom and so i i, I one of the first things i did it once i said i'm on this death metal journey i went to bands like death i went to bands like possessed you know i i really wanted to see what it was at and what it was about at the beginning it, it's like to me like that that just made sense for me and and death was was ginormous. The, I mean, Chuck was godlike. The genius. I mean, as far as he's genius, and he did something that'll that's going to be influential and felt for generations for long long after we aren't alive anymore. You know. Absolutely. So, if somebody would you say that if somebody is saying to themselves, "Okay, I'm going to start listening to death metal," would you say go start at Scream Bloody Gore? I actually wouldn't. So yeah, it's funny you I should say that because I yeah. wouldn't either. I wouldn't because <laughs> when we're coming up with, you know, a list of 
of records, you know, to get people into extreme metal or, or extreme music or whatever, I kind of had to, you know, I don't want to say remove myself from the equation, but I kind of had to remove like my instinct as a listener now and maybe put myself in the position of a listener, you know, like with the not with the knowledge I have at 42, what I would take back to my 18, 19 year old self when I started getting into, you know, more extreme styles music, like what records would I show myself at 18? So I guess I'm not removing myself from the equation, but I'm removing like, I guess just the obviousness of, Oh, just, just started death and possessed. Like, no, if like, if I was going to come up with records, like this is what I would give myself as like the starter kit. And so for death metal, you know, I, I would actually go with the bleeding by Cannibal Corpse, and that's because I think for a death metal record, it's obviously it's got all the hallmarks of what great death metal is. It's got speed, it's got brutal vocals, but I feel like on that record, Cannibal Corpse, they really kind of touched on a formula that was really not only just heavy and fast and brutal. It was also very catchy, and uh, you know what? That's my that's my favorite Cannibal Corpse album, yeah. actually. So when I saw you, when I saw yeah. that on your list, I was like, "That's that's my favorite." I feel like it's there's because I like to have, I do like to have a little bit of melody. I don't want to just be get punched in the face, you know. Like I mean, and that's right. probably why I really like Symbolic from Death. That's that's a great record because it's just got a little bit of melody to it, a little bit more. I think it's more interesting. The drumming is more interesting. I just. I think it's, it's for me. It's a more it's more interesting. I I want to have something that's just not like a wall of noise. It's got dynamics. It's got more. Yeah. Um, it's more. It's not so much about just being heavy or pummeling. It's just about writing really great songs. So symbolic is, uh, you know, symbolic. You could even argue that. I mean, if you if you take Chuck's vocals off of it, it's probably just closer to like regular heavy metal. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's not, I mean, and that's why if I was going to like, if somebody's going to like dip their toe, like in death, I would say maybe start there and see how you do and then move on. Yeah, no, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair for sure. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I agree. I mean, I liked, you know, I liked the early cannibal stuff, but it was, I didn't love the drumming on the first album. I thought it was a little bit too much just blast beady and just a little very, bit too very repetitious. Yeah. And I was just, Kind of like I kind of got bored with it. Yeah. Um. I felt like you know as time went on they did evolve, and and the bleeding is a fine example of of them evolving. Mm -hmm. I agree. I think that that's probably their most I don't, dare I say melodic album. I don't. <laughs> um. I would. I don't know. Not melodic, but I would say maybe most accessible. I guess for lack of yeah. a better word, accessible. Like there. Like there is. I mean. Yeah, I mean it's the Chris Barnes era, so you know the lyrical content was you know you know fairly you know misogynistic, but that's just you know that's that's just what it was. That was his yeah, that was lyrical just... lyrical slant at that time. So I mean, while while, <laughs> but also that's another reason why I picked that record too is because you know let's let's be honest here. One of the hallmarks of of death metal was you know graphically violent lyrics. Absolutely. And, you know, and while, yeah, I definitely, you know, Cannibal Corpse guys certainly never advocate violence against women. You know, un, you know, uh, <laughs> a song like Stripped, Raped, and Strangled is...
I mean, it really is a it's a catchy song. Like in some fucked up parallel universe, that's like a top hit on whatever their billboard charts are. You know, like that's top forty. Yeah, it really. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Yeah, it's a catchy song. Like it's something that you can remember. It's got hooks, and that's that's a a big thing. Hooks. You can sing along. Yes, exactly. And so I think for an introductory death metal listener, that is probably a reason why I think it's a, a great introductory listen for the genre is because of the hooks. You know. It, it there's stuff that was well it does have the blast beats it's got all the fast stuff and i would never ever say it's a commercial record not even close no but it's it's got stuff that'll stick to your ribs after you're uh after you're done eating it you know absolutely so what's another another album that you chose another album i chose and this is kind of more on the um definitely i wouldn't even say this is extreme metal but it is definitely extreme uh, the Peel Sessions uh, by Napalm Death. You know what? I'm not familiar with this. And I actually went to look it up because I, mm-hmm. I'm i not a massive Napalm. I have a couple of stuff from them and I've seen them. Mm-hmm. But like, I was like, I don't even know this. To me, it's it's um, John Peel. He was a, um, a DJ on the BBC in the, well, I think he was a DJ there for, for several decades. Uh, one thing he was always a champion of was uh, new underground music and, and, and extreme music at that and napalm death came out and uh you know john peel picked up the first album scum and he ended up actually you know kind of becoming a fan of it and playing you know napalm death and the bbc and john peel specifically they would have these shows where they would bring the bands into you know the bbc studios and they would basically just have them re-record their songs you know specifically especially new versions i guess new recorded versions for their shows i think that was a way to kind of get versions to uh, get bands to maybe try different versions or new things on new versions and also i think it was a way for the bbc to kind of maintain their own copies of the records that i had right. to pay you know exactly. licensing or whatever so but the result of that is that now the version of the peel sessions i have is kind of an all-encompassing version which has basically all the peel sessions that napalm death recorded for the bbc from 87 until i think 96 but the part of the and and it's and it's all great because it's i'm a huge napalm death guy and it's all great but for me the best part of that compilation is peel sessions or the sessions they did for the bbc in the year 1987 and I think 88, which would have included the, what a lot of people consider the classic Napalm Death lineup, which was Lee Dorian on vocals, obviously went on to go to Cathedral, uh, Bill Steer on guitar, obviously later of Carcass fame, and then uh, Shane Embury on bass and, and Mick Harris on drums. And the recordings they did for the BBC in 87 and 88, to me, they are the epitome of what grindcore is. It is so intense it's just to the point where it just borders on just actual just like white noise yeah i think that's why i yeah it's if you yeah if if you're looking for musicality this is not the place to look you know there's it's just i just really just a matter of unabashed extremity and to me like if you know grindcore is you know another in a lot of instances grindcore is kind of like a death metal cousin you know, in a way, and it's and there is a lot of metallic elements to my favorite kind of grindcore, which there is, of course, here to a degree. But, you know, for grindcore, if you want to get the essence of what to me, the the purity of you know grindcore, it's it's the, the Peel Sessions compilation by Napalm Death. I'll have to actually check that out a little bit. I, I was like, I don't even know this. 
Oh yeah. And then I looked at I was like, I looked on Spotify and they don't even have it. And I was like, I don't even know what he's yeah. doing. <laughs> yeah, I think um yeah. I I think it's um there was a, a compilation released, I forget by by whom, but it had basically all of the sessions John Peel did with the death metal bands or, or a lot of the earache bands or like he did sessions for napalm death. He did sessions for carcass. He did sessions for bolt thrower, probably a few more that just escaped me off the top of my head. But those three specifically, I'm pretty sure something came up where the, the recordings he did with those three bands came out at some point. I'm definitely going to have to investigate that a little bit more, yeah. especially um, bolt thrower. I'm a big fan of bolt thrower. I like, them. Oh yeah. Classic. I like them a lot. And I like carcass as well. Oh yeah. You could never go wrong with them. All right. So who's your next band? Uh, well, I guess um, kind of staying in, in the, um, I guess the the core tip because we're dealing with grindcore. Another thing I think is important for the extreme metal thing is the appreciation or at least the acknowledgement of of other genres that have kind of been pulled in or, or culled from their strengths to make you know whatever extreme metal genre more extreme more powerful and i think you know it's uh you know one of those outside genres that has behooved the sound of metal is going to be like hardcore music and um obviously the late 80s mid 80s late 80s that's when that, that crossover scene started happening absolutely bands that were either hardcore leaning initially you know they kind of developed their skills and then they ended up playing more metallic stuff or vice versa, where metallic bands started kind of calling from hardcore influences and they crossed over, they crossed over on top of each other. And I think the record that best displays crossover style metal thrash, which is basically kind of closer to thrash than anything else. But for me, it's going to be uh, the born to expire album by um, leeway band from New York. It's just a, a complete, just awesome, awesome record. The rise and fall from grace The one's sticking into your face What's fucking gonna do When all you need for through Just love is all about money And that doesn't make it funny A lot of great crossover albums exist in that period, you know, whether you've got DRI or suicidal tendencies and just bands like that, you know, the, it's just, it was such a fresh scene and even a band like Hy- Hyrax, you know, had some crossover tendencies, you know, for sure as well. But like, to me, Born to Expire by Leeway is just, it's really, it might be the perfect mix of both worlds. I mean, it's, it's super, I don't know if you could call it purely metal. I don't know that you could call it purely hardcore just because there's too much of each on it. There's songs. Yeah, that it's, are just a, it's, a, it's a mix. Yeah. It's a mix. Yeah. It's funny because I hadn't heard that about that band in years. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. I remember them. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I love that record. It's just, there's so much great metal on it and there's so much great hardcore on it. And, you know, it's just, yeah, it's got like the classic. punk thing going on. Yes. But it's, yeah. yeah. It's very much got the New York hardcore vibe, but also like the kind of, uh, east coast thrash vibe too so it's it's to me it's it's very very pivotal release no i agree i like that i like that album very much and i like them and i forgot i had forgotten all about them and i'm not a massive metalcore person mm-hmm. i i have some stuff i like and some stuff i i you know i always like suicidal and i like municipal waste and oh yeah municipal waste is great too yeah yeah, yeah you know but some of it like some of it just gets boring for me 
it, it's not that entertaining for me. But band you mentioned that they they had a special special take on it. You know, absolutely. That's a good one because you know what's interesting about that point is that when you're ta we're talking about extreme metal, and yet if they listen, somebody listens to that album, they may not right away think of that as extreme. You know what I mean? It's no, kind they of might, on they the might not. You're less right, they extreme might not. side of extreme. You know, it's it's certainly mm -hmm. not, I don't know, as heavy, I guess would be, I don't know if that's the right word, as, it's not on the, it's not the same as Cannibal Corpse. Like, they're two very different bands. Mm -hmm. Very different bands. I mean, if you think that, that they're going to sound like Cannibal Corpse, they're not. I mean, I think the thing about extreme metal, like every subgenre of metal, and metal in general, is that mm -hmm. it's a vast, you know, there's a vast swath of, you know, the, the pendulum can swing left to right. And there's a lot in the middle. But that's so the you, thing, though. That, yeah. And that's the thing is, if you say, if you sort of say, I don't like extreme metal. Well, extreme metal encompasses so much mm -hmm. that may not necessarily be true. Right. And you might you not. Know, even you may not like black metal, but you may like mm -hmm. death metal. You may not. You know, you may like uh, more of the hardcore stuff. But that's the thing, though. There's those influences that those bands, that the, the people in those bands, they they cult from, and they didn't maybe they maybe weren't as obvious. You know, at least when you listen to it, it might not be the influences might not be obviously there, but they're there. They're just not as apparent. Like I know, like obviously this is way before my time in the scene, but you know, Cannibal Corpse, I, you know, those guys used to go to all the hardcore shows here in Buffalo. You know, they would go to see Sick of It All. They would they would open for the Accused, and you know, they they would be in. They were into hardcore. They were into crossover bands. You know, and so like. That's why, I mean, you, that's maybe more apparent in like maybe the first album or whatever, but like all those guys were into that stuff, you know, and it's, you listen to Cannibal Corpse now and you would never, you wouldn't hear necessarily like The Accused or, or Crumb Suckers or, you know, Sick of It All or anything like that, but like all that's there and, and right. it helped, it helped create their sound and maybe you just can't hear it, but it's all there. You know? Well, yeah, I mean, everything evolves. I mean, we were talking about Bathory before and we were talking about how, you know, that first album, you can, you, you know, these people listen to Black Sabbath. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, and then, you you know, they take their influences and then they put their own spin on it. They they process it their own way. And you can see that. And, and, you know, it's the same thing with, you know, death metal bands. I mean, they were all listening to the new wave of British heavy metal. Right. I mean, Kerry King mm -hmm. talks about, you know, the, you know, listening to Iron Maiden and stuff like that, because you know, you listen, you are also a product of your time. And right. so a lot of these, a lot of these people are, you know, my age now, you mm. know, and, and they, you know, they started in the early eighties and the mid eighties and they were growing up listening to the stuff that, you know, the kiss and the, you know, Aerosmith and all the stuff that yeah. the rest of us at that age were listening to at that, at that time in the late seventies and early eighties. Well, you listen to that first Slayer record. It. Yeah, you listen to that first Slayer record, and you could hear the Iron Maiden. Mm -hmm. You could hear the Judas Priest. I mean, you could hear that influence there. You Absolutely, know? and and you see that even like even if you listen to extreme metal, you can even hear like you get the. What do you think of the um the black and roll subgenre? You mean like uh, stuff like Midnight or? Yeah, yeah, like uh, it's sort of like it's sort of like Motorhead uh, influence, oh, yeah. I guess you would say, or Aerosmith influence, all that kind of sort of. Well. Stuff like Midnight, I, I don't really think is too dissimilar from like Venom, you know. So I think that as far as black and roll is concerned, you know, if if, if you like Venom, you're probably into I, well. That I think stuff. that Venom is probably yeah. well. I just said I said that before, right? I said they were yeah. like a heavier, you know, the Chronos was like a heavier Lemmy, 
Yeah. And yeah, so I think that I think that that's very similar. So I think if yeah. you, I think especially a band like Midnight, that, yeah. a band like Midnight. I mean, I don't, I don't really think they make any bones about you know how much they're into Venom. You know, so yeah, Black and Roll. I mean, to me, it makes sense. I mean, it, it makes perfect sense. It's it's a it there there's a sound that works perfectly. You know. Yeah, it goes really really well together. I I like that. I like it because I yeah. I find it to be interesting. All right. So what is your next band? Next band is, just go back to my list here. Next band would have been, I guess it would have been more of an introductory for someone who's looking into black metal. And that would be um, Anthems to the Welkin at Dusk by Emperor. To me, you know, a lot of black metal, it seems to really kind of either tread more towards like the grandiose or, or epic and or, or symphonic in a way. And then, of course, the other side of the coin is, well, the other side of the coin where it's completely just really, really grim, underproduced, really raw, really nasty, really primitive sounding stuff. And I and I like both sides of that coin. To me, Anthems to the Welkin at Dusk is the, a great introductor to what black metal is, is because I mean, the production is very grandiose, but it also, but it's, it's done so in a way where it doesn't really take the primitivity out of it. You could still hear it's still very it's still a very barbaric record, but just done in like a very grandiose kind of way. It, there's really nothing like it, you know. It's just such a. I mean, it's like the, the when it's epic, it's majestic, you know, and it's just like totally overpowering and it's just all consuming. And but when it's but when it's pulverizing and 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 fast, you know, um, I think. I actually saw a review one time that said, you know, emperor at its, at its fastest is bowel emptying. And, and I, I couldn't, you know, if someone already says it better, why even try and improve on it? So yeah, like, it's like emperor that, that record specifically is just, it's, it's towering. It's, it's mammoth, you know, it's awesome. There's a lot. The thing about that album is there's, I mean, you can't, listen to that album one time because there's a lot going on a lot going on it's You're something right. that you really have to say okay i'm gonna take some i'm gonna take some time and i'm gonna like actually listen to this and pay attention to it and play it a few times mm-hmm. like you it, it it doesn't it doesn't um it may not even grab you um you know grab you at first it's sort of like um there's bits and pieces that grabbed me, you know, and then you have to kind of go back and like, yeah. just, there's so much stuff going. There's just a lot going on. There's a lot, there's going, a lot on. going on. There's a lot going on. And that's, and that's part of why it's to me, it falls on really both sides of that black metal coin because it really is truly like epic and, and majestic, you know, as well as pulverizing. Like it's just, just otherworldly, you know, and Isan was like, 
20 when he wrote it too and just that fucking infuriates me to no end as well too because like how someone can be that good so young is just so alien to me you know but like it's just it's just a, a completely it's it's, a, it's an unstoppable force of an album it's just not something you just put on as background music you just don't I don't know. No. Yeah, I don't I don't think I don't think it is. I think it's something you really have to take some time of what what so now that we're talking about black metal, can you think of some like newer black metal that you really like? Yeah, and well, this is probably that's a very appropriate answer, but I don't know if it's a really good one. There's a a band from Finland called Havoc Runu. And oh, yeah, we, um, I've heard about them. Yeah, basically they're 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 just kind of like anthems era uh emperor yeah that's kind of the thing they're probably i think the best way i could describe them is they're really they're really kind of a mix between anthems uh era emperor and like old mayhem and 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 some of the viking bathory stuff so it's it really kind of has the same vibe of that era emperor so it's it's really very good and and another one is is stormkeep they're actually an american band but yes. they're also kind of cut from that same um emperor kind of cloth in that era as well too what do you think about um have you heard um black braid i haven't you know admittedly i don't i don't really keep up much with newer black metal it's really got to kind of almost fall itself fall into my lap or have someone bring it up to me and it really has to like really grab me for stay because black metal it, it just it has an appeal for me in a certain window of time and a certain type of band you know, so it it doesn't really newer the newer black metal stuff doesn't really get too much of my attention. But like I said, if it's being brought up to me, I'll probably check it out. You said they're called Black Braid. Black Braid, yeah, it's like a one man project. He's like, um, there's like Native American elements and um. Oh, that's that's I, a different slant. Yeah, I have that's a cool. I have a friend that absolutely, absolutely like went to Virginia to see him. Like, absolutely loves this band. I'll um, check that out. Band one one guy band whatever. Like I don't know what it is about black metal that there's they're generally one man projects. <laughs> oh, I think it's because be yeah, it's it really it really is it really is. I think it's a project that I think that has, it's a style of music that I think has become almost synonymous with isolationism and uh, and solitude. And so I guess you know what's what's more isolationist or solid or solitudinal than just being one man band or a one person band, you know? Definitely. Yeah. All right. So what's another one? You got, uh, one, you got one more one, left? Yeah, I got one left. And that yeah. would be um uh, uh this is one would probably this this answer even kind of shocked me and I came up with it, but like I would say for Thrash, the record I would give people to check out it would be The Legacy by Testament. And I think it's you know it's they they kind of well, I mean well obviously I, I'm talking like I wasn't there but that was there but obviously I wasn't you would know better than I would but like they were kind of a late entry into the game I mean yep. they, they didn't they didn't come out until '87 yep. and they really kind of hurdled a lot of bands at least from my view I mean it seems like they kind of they 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 joined the uh, the race late but they caught up really they quick. caught up like, fast yeah they caught me, up like, fast like, yeah they came out and they were they they got bigger than. 
Exodus. They got bigger than Overkill. They got bigger Death than Angel a lot of bands. And, like, Death um, they got yeah. bigger with, than a lot of bands that came yeah. out before them. I think a lot of that was because of the strength of like Chuck Billy's voice. And I think because they actually had like a legit guitar hero in the band. I was going to say, I mean, I think a lot of it is that they, the musicianship was just so yeah. incredible. You know, they just, they just yeah. had just a really, yeah. a really great team of people, you know, I uh -huh. mean, and Eric Peterson's a great, I mean, he writes a lot of, he's a great guitarist too in his own right. And he writes great songs. He's a great yes. rhythm guitarist. He's actually a great lead guitarist too, but Eric Peterson is a great writer. And that's, that's the, that's a pivotal thing. But I think the reason why I went with the legacy is my, Oh, if you want to check out thrash, this is the record you want to start with. It's just because they cover so much ground. I mean, it's, it's their first I love, record. So, I love it. I love yeah. it. So they're, they're still really, really young and they've really, they've yet to kind of, I mean, I guess it really depends on how you look at it. I mean, some people would say that, like, you know, by the time they got to practice what you preach, they had kind of become more mainstream. But you can also say that they became better songwriters by that point, too. But either way, that's either here or there. Legacy, there have the reason why I would say check that out for, for, for getting into thrash is because it has so many things that even different facets of thrash has. Like, there's stuff on legacy that's probably the heaviest stuff they did up until you know before the later 90s stuff but like there's some stuff that's reminiscence of like stuff that's like as extreme as like maybe slayer in that era is um there's also you know chunky kind of you know bay area style riffing and like it, there's it just really covers a lot of ground there's a lot of you know harmony guitars and and melody so they, they really have like strength in, in crunchy riffing, um, melodic guitars, you know, six solos, and then also kind of like uh, th that evil vibe of some of the more intense and, and heavier thrash, you know, kind of maybe even falling in, you know, before it even became death metal a little, a little bit like that. So I think the legacy by Testament really is, it covers everything that's great about the best thrash about that era. I agree. I love that album. And I think that's a very, very good choice. Yeah. I mean, I think that there is a lot of melody, a lot of, I mean, for somebody who thinks it's just going to be, you're just going to get, you know, like pummeled. There's mm -hmm. not, there's, there's other stuff going on. There's interesting drumming mm -hmm. going on. There's interesting guitar work going on. The I think I like the vocals. I mean, I know yeah. that Chuck's voice isn't just, you know, say for everybody, but right, you can understand what he's saying. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and they, and they came out of the gate they came out of the gate like really high caliber. It's not like they were a band that, that that took a record or two to get going. Like no, their first shot out of the gun was like just fucking you know hit the target. You know what I mean? Like they absolutely, it. I mean, absolutely. They were, and I think, and I think that's probably why they were able to hurdle so many older bands and kind of get up in the race a little bit quicker, just because they were so next level. I mean, they were they were ready to go when that record 
came out, I mean, they were already fully formed, you know, and there was, they, they don't sound clumsy. They don't sound like they're kind of figuring it out. Like that record came out and they knew what they were and they knew what they could do. Yeah. Well, they had also been, you know, they had been around. Oh, they, they yeah. They formed yeah. in 1986 yeah. and put out an album in 87. I mean, they'd been around for a minute and they'd yeah. sort of, and, and, you know, but they were also very that, young too. And that's oh, the yeah. Thing. Like, oh, even yeah. If, even if you form, even if you show up, you know, even if you've been around for a few years, a lot of times, even if you're young, it doesn't matter how much time it is. It still feels like it still could sound like you're still trying to find your way. They found their way when they were on like their late teens. You know, I think I think when the legacy came out, Alex Skolnick might have only been 16. Was he I that young? Rest, I don't know if he was that yeah, young. But... The rest of the rest of the guys, I think, were maybe in their early 20s. But I feel like I read somewhere Skolnick was. I think 16 or 17 when they recorded the legacy, which I mean, That's age crazy. is age and yeah. understanding. It, I didn't, I didn't know he was that young. Good is good regardless, but to be that good, that young is even sicker, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. So if you had to recommend a Slayer album, which Slayer album would you recommend? Uh, I would go with Rain and Blood. You know, I guess yeah. that's probably the easy answer, the token you answer that wrong. probably a lot of people say, but you can't go wrong with that. It's so intense. You know, it's just so barbaric. You know, it, it probably would help you maybe even make the transition into death metal as well, too. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Mus- musical, <laughs> musically speaking, not so much so, the vocals, but musically. Let me ask you this: What do you not like about extreme metal or bands that you don't like necessarily, or tropes you don't like, or whatever? There's really not much I don't like about extreme metal. I mean, if if we're just gonna say like. There's some things I'm not like some of the more like um, some of the war metal stuff, like uh, I guess that would be I guess some of the more those are bands like um, what's that band? I think they're Goat Penis, I think. Like they're one of those more like war metal, black metal bands. Some of those bands, I mean, I I don't hate it, but it's not stuff I actively seek out. Just not. I've never uh, even heard of them. Yeah, well, they're very, very cult underground, kind of like some of that war metal stuff. It's it's mostly just black metal with kind of like just that different moniker, I guess. But like some of that war metal stuff is just not really my thing. Again, I don't hate it. And I actually, you know, I do have some of those records by some of those. Uh, basically, I have a, I have the same Blasphemy album that probably most people have, Fallen Angel of Doom. But like, like um, stuff like that, like. I'm not crazy about a, a slew of those bands, you know. Some of it's all right, but that kind of style is probably not one of my favorites, you know, in, in the extreme metal genre. Um, as far as bands, I don't like. I mean, I don't really care for Six Feet Under, but I'm sure that's not a unique or special opinion, you know. <laughs> especially if you're from, especially if you're from uh, Buffalo, right? Yeah. Well, that's, well, that's the thing, though. I'm kind of even. I'm kind of even reticent to talk shit about them now because even though Chris Barnes seems like an asshole, Jack Owens in the band, and Jack Owens is a really nice guy, and he's a fucking great guitarist. So, you know, I'm reticent to even talk shit about Six Feet Under now just because Jack Owens, to me, he's he's you know, he's a real deal legend for me here, you know, in the area. So I'm I don't really talk shit about that band too much because, like I said, he is a great guitarist and a really really nice guy, and it's not his fault that his singer's an asshole. You know. <laughs> true true so do you go to a lot of extreme shows i mean uh less less so now than i did you know maybe 10 or 15 years ago you know but i i definitely 
you know, I try and get out to as much as possible because, you know, it's a part of me, you know, mm-hmm. I, it's, it's, it's such a, such a part of, you know, my, uh, my, my, myself, you know, as, as a human being, you know, the scene, you know, the extreme metal, the underground, it, it's such a part of me and it, it's given me so much. I can never, ever, I can never, ever repay it for what it's given to me. The only thing I could do is just to continue to support it, you know? And mm-hmm. so I, 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 I will do so as, as long as I can and as often as I can, you know? Yeah. So what was the last extreme metal album you bought? Uh, shit. That's a great question. I have a little bit of a record buying problem. So sometimes mm. <laughs> kind of, I hear you on that one kind of gets lost in the mix. Um, well, I guess give me a second here. <laughs> I'm just going to go to my discogs. <laughs> Yeah. One second here. Um, well, I guess the last extreme metal record I would have bought would have been uh Terror Squad by Artillery. That old school uh Danish trash band. It's a record that I it's a record that I had heard forever ago, but you know, some of the some of their records are you know their availability of them are could be kind of sparse, but I think uh Dissonance Productions put out well, I know because I have it now, but they they finally repressed that record a few years ago. And I heard the record maybe four, three or four years ago, but I just never got around to getting a copy of it until, you know, just the last month or two, little last month. And um, it's just fucking great. Yeah, so totally great. excellent. Yeah, absolutely. Really good. Really good band. Yeah. So is there anything else that you would like to say about Extreme Metal? It's probably one of my favorite things in the whole world, you know? Outside of like my kids, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but like, uh, no, I mean, I just, I, I can't even, it's like, I'm sure most or hopefully anyone would say who is as diehard as people like us are, you know, stuff like that does, it just doesn't, it's not just music, right? It's so much more. You know, it's a soundtrack to to life, it and and as such, it's 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 a part of life, and especially if you support it or if you're involved in it, in whatever your local scene is, then it takes on an even greater importance because then you're you're contributing to something and you're help sustaining something. You're help, you know, you, you, these bands, the scene, it doesn't doesn't exist without the people sustaining it or helping sustain it. Absolutely. You know, you've got to go to the shows. You've got to buy the, yeah. buy the stuff. Yeah. You've got to, you got you to gotta support the bands. Because a lot of the, I mean, they, yeah. these people ain't making a lot of money. I mean, you know. I, oh, yeah. Local, I mean, I venture, yeah, uh-huh. you're not getting, <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, I certainly haven't made any money doing it. And I don't know many that have, but, you know, but that's the thing, though. If you're not doing it for money, you're doing it for the passion, you're doing it for the love. And it doesn't really matter that there's no funds coming in to do it because it just, it's more of like a, it's a self-sufficient thing. That's a, it's a self, just, a, it's a, it's a joy that's irreplaceable, you know? So the band that you're in now, what type of metal is it? Is it black metal? Is it brad? No, is it death? no is it- not, it's not, a, I wouldn't, it's not extreme metal at all. I'd say it's oh. probably closer to uh early eighties, heavy metal. Traditional oh, okay. metal. Yeah. I would say it's probably closer to, um, you know, like old running wild and, you know, Raven and, 
old new wave of British heavy metal type stuff. I would say if if he had to just hammer it down, I would say uh, 1980 to 1985 classic heavy metal. Oh, nice. Yeah. But you have Fatal. been in extreme bands before, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. I've been in, uh, yeah, definitely. I've played death metal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely have for sure. And so it's, for people um, who don't know, he plays guitar, by the way. Yeah, allegedly, you, allegedly, 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 supposedly, he, yeah. He tries to play guitar or whatever. Yeah, I, I try, yeah. So I'm sure you're very good at playing guitar. <laughs> yeah, right now I'm currently in a band called Fatal Curse. Uh, we're on Shadow Kingdom Records. And in the past, I've uh, I've been in some death metal bands, uh, Sepulphile, Sons of Azrael, put out some records doing uh, those bands. And um yeah, it's uh, it's great. I mean, I couldn't imagine my life without it. It's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. You want to plug your show? Uh, yeah. Also, as uh, you had mentioned earlier, I currently uh do a podcast uh with my uh Swedish compadre uh, Johnny Hot Dog, uh, called So Far So Pod So What. It's uh, excellent, trans- excellent, no. excellent, excellent. Thank you very much. It's our. Uh, transatlantic state-of-the-art speed metal podcast it's basically it's a megadeth centric we talk a lot about megadeth it's basically a megadeth podcast but we also talk about you know other other things i mean johnny and i are both big death metal fans so we definitely uh we, we don't hesitate to talk about a lot of death metal too but yeah i would say if um i would say if you don't like megadeth you probably won't like our podcast <laughs> who doesn't like megadeth yeah <laughs> <laughs> no i mean it, it is megadeth centric but it is not just yeah. megadeth you talk you do talk about a lot of a lot of other stuff yeah 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 things. we well because we, it is kind of like the, the 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 point we were just making a few minutes ago is you know we're, we're all kind of kids at the underground and so there is to me uh and i think i'm i'm comfortable speaking on behalf of john for this too there is a a little element of a sense of duty to kind of spread the word as often absolutely as, as much absolutely. as possible i've been know? wanting to do talk to somebody about extreme metal for a while. and i'm not like it's not my absolute favorite subgenre mm-hmm. or whatever but i really thought that it deserved some discussion and some attention on my show i, I have, a, I have a, a buddy he, he lives here in in the boston area and he's he's on twitter and but and he loves extreme metal him and his wife mm-hmm. both they go to all the extreme shows. And I was trying to get him on the show like last year, but he's like, no, I'll be too nervous. I can't do that. <laughs> and I'm like, I've been trying to like, I got to get. And then then with you and John, I was like, you know what? I got the guy. I got the guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Talk about some interesting metal. Yeah. And well, I hope that's, that's, it's so like, pivotal. Oh, cool. it's, I mean, I really, it's it sounds hilarious or maybe even, you know, dorky as shit to say, but it's so, so important to me. I mean, it's really to, to, to take that out of my life would be i mean it would be detrimental you know yeah it's important it means it means a shitload to me absolutely means a shitload i agree well in general music in general every day absolutely Mm -hmm. every day every day whether you need it or not every day all right well i'm gonna wrap this up i thank you so much for coming on I really thank you very much for uh finally coming on thanks for waiting it out thanks for uh Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It's definitely worth no. the wait. It was a good time. I love talking oh, good. about this shit. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I hope you come back and we'll talk about other stuff. I'm ready whenever. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. 
Well, uh, whenever. Well, uh, I'm not, not, I'm ready. Not necessarily. He's whenever. ready. Not necessarily. But, whatever. Yeah, uh, but in time. No, but I know. Time, uh, I'll, I'll be gotten. Yeah. yeah, I know. Uh, you've had a little bit of a rough time of it. Yeah. And then the holidays and everything, and then I got sick and uh, didn't have a voice, and so it's just been uh, one thing after another. But we finally yeah. got this in, and I'm so glad. It's not when you get to the party, just as long as you show up. Absolutely. And it's yeah. not a party till we get there. That's right. All right, my friend. Thanks Thank you again so for much. having me. Much appreciated. It was awesome. Be well. Yeah, Suzelle. Catch you soon. Bye. Take care.